Graham Rowntree has been announced as uh, the new coach of Munster Rugby. It was such a big momentum changer for me. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. A13, you're very welcome back. It finished Liverpool 2, Villarreal nil in the first leg of their Champions League semi-final last night. Manchester City 4-3 up in the other semi-final as both teams now head to Spain next week. Graeme Hunter is with us on the line. Graeme, good morning to you. Hello. A couple of nervous Liverpool fans coming in touch with us this morning via the text message machine. Should they be nervous? Should they be a little bit cautious of what's about to come next week? Is this, is this a typical media technique? Have you invented these these nervous um, unfilters? They do not exist. Tell me do not exist. Tell you me actually the texted there this you in yourself. You texted this in there yourself you to create some sort of a narrative. Here. Liverpool need to score first on Tuesday. This tie is far from over, says Stephen. Just a, a, look, an example. Look, um, nerves just seem to be completely uh, misplaced. Liverpool went into the tie not only uh, distinctly the better 11 and the better squad, but with... Um, Power play mentality, a, a tempest tempo football allied to all the good coaching, allied to their physical and aerial advantage over Villarreal. And from that, it was easy to juice. If I've been covering Villarreal, obviously in general for, for 20 years, but um, this season I've been the correspondent for uh, UEFA for them. And one of the big things about um, the Arsenal semi-final win last year, the sem- the final in Dansk where they beat Manchester United, and then the majority of the four matches, four games against Bayern and, and, and Juventus, none of those teams played at the relentless pace, either with the ball or without the ball, as, as Liverpool exampled last night. I think Liverpool fans, the real ones, not these invented nervous ones, will say that... For example, compared to the Merseyside derby, Liverpool found an edge in almost everything that they did last night. They found more space. They found Villarreal probably slower to the to the breakdown to any second ball um, than they had Everton, which was what I think it was the same scoreline, but but probably a little bit more constipated. What you would say about uh, Liverpool is that if they mirror that level of performance never mind the goals scored in the Madrigal it's really difficult to see them losing even 2-0 and going to extra time now that is not to take away from VRL that number one on their home patch where they will play differently and I don't mean in terms of performance level they will play positionally differently they'll probably play a 4-3-3 it's imperative that Gerard Moreno isn't simply fit to get on the pitch but match fit there's a possibility of that he was Rested last night from the bench, even just as a precaution, because he's that important. But the, the absolute key factor is that as, as good as Liverpool were, and there's there's not a millimetre of me trying to strip credit from them, because I thought they were extremely impressive, extremely relentless last night. A, a minor break in, in the deflection of the Stupinian. Villarreal played really badly. Villarreal played beneath their par, people criticise them for being ultra-defensive. They couldn't get out. They couldn't... I think the plan that, that Emery admitted he came up with, which was Chukwesi as a second striker with uh, Danjuma rather than Chukwesi wide, 4-4-2 to try and not be overcoming midfield and, and to put the ball along and behind Liverpool. They never looked close to being right. They never really altered it. 
Emery's plans have been a real factor of how they've progressed in Europe over the last two seasons in two different competitions. And and therefore, it was a deeply underpar night from Villarreal. And thus, the escape only 2-0. Last time they were Anfield, they were pumped 3-0 and knocked out of a semi-final. The, the Barca game is an example of what even a leading Spanish side who are off form can receive at Anfield. So I think 2-0 is going to eventually prove definitive. But Villarreal were, were massively under par last night. And I think the minimum we can all expect is in the Madrigal uh, next week. I'll be there. Um, it will be much more entertaining. It'll be more of a contest. Mm. It's interesting then if, if we kind of grandfather Liverpool into the final here. Granted, it may, it may not be 100% assured just yet. We were ha- having a bit of a debate yesterday about you know the, the certainty that Manchester City are definitely the team that Liverpool don't want to get in the final. Well, like, what's your take on that? Of course, Manchester City are, are a better squad than, than Real Madrid and and probably a better team. But is there something a little bit about the, I guess, the, the pure stubbornness of Ancelotti and his players to just not go away, to just completely exist in a game, even if it looks like their second best, that could cause Liverpool potentially more problems in a Champions League final. I think I mean, you're asking me to project into both the the kind of personality of Klopp and his players and the football analytics side, which is just a big jump from here in Barcelona in my kitchen. <laughs> but um, to be honest with you, one thing I've learned in my visits to the training ground there, to the various interviews I've done one-on-one with Liverpool players and staff, which is both Klopp, uh, Klopp and Pep Linders, is that for them it's about it's about winning um, pretty remorselessly, pretty ruthlessly, in my opinion, it's quite clear, without denigrating Real Madrid, the side that Liverpool would most enjoy facing and would have a higher likelihood of beating is, is, is Real Madrid rather than City. It's been clear over several battles now um, that City have some of the kryptonite Liverpool don't like. They, they never lie down. And the degree to which analytically they know each other intimately, says that if Liverpool play in a in a putative final, which is the hypothesis you've thrown up against Real Madrid, they've got one thing which in sports psychology terms is good. This is a revenge factor. And, and again, having interviewed both Trent Alexander and Andy Robertson on this subject of the Real Madrid game, revenge would be a very, very high um, extra motivation if in, in your hypothetical final in Paris between Real Madrid and Liverpool. Revenge for Kiev is what I'm talking about. Um, beyond that, uh, there we are in a phase, you both know it in, in La Liga, whereby as, as high quality technically, as high quality tactically as it is, and beautifully still entertaining for my taste, there is a difference between a really elite English side on top Premier League side on on superpower form and and the best in La Liga in terms of just power play, tempest play. Now, not English. English sides can't always manage that against Real Madrid. The first leg against Chelsea was small proof of that. The gaps narrowed over the last year, whereas Aleti and Real Madrid last year were, were, were very pale um, opponents for uh, Chelsea, for example. The gaps changed a little bit. Madrid are much closer. But I think that Liverpool would be absolutely clear that um, in a final against Real Madrid, they'd be much freer to play just exactly with no nuances, no extra details, exactly to the template of how they like to play best at really high speed with and without the ball. 
and they would feel that they could probably put Real Madrid to the sword. And with Real Madrid this season in, in the Champions League, it's all been about their opponents finishing. Mm-hmm. So in Paris, it, had they lost three or four nil, really genuinely nobody could have complained. Had they lost, had they been three nil down before uh, Real Madrid scored at home to Paris Saint Germain, particularly Mbappe chances, nobody could have compl- complained. By the time that Mondi makes a, a, a mistake for Chelsea uh, um, at um, at two one, I think it is. Chelsea are on the rise again. Real Madrid are, are conceding chances. Courtois is keeping them in it. Ultimately, three one is really beautiful. In the burn up, oh, Chelsea could have been five or six nil up by the time Rodrigo scores. And I don't need to explain to either of you or Emery who watched um, the game where Pep's City looked like, you know, five one winners <laughs> came out four three. That pattern can't, you know, continue. The, the history of sport, not just football, tells us that it's really interesting to write about Ropadol, fight back stories, the remontada. But if you keep doing that fortnight in, fortnight out, eventually the knockout blow comes. So if Roma did perform as they did away to City at home, then I think they're going out. Have they got the capacity to beat City and go through? Without question, they definitely do. But I think it needs a, a an, an absolute sea change in their idea of how to press, how to defend, and and how to cope with with City's movement, which was Romero's undoing on Tuesday night. Your Liverpool fans should be desperate that Real win this game because they're miles better than Real compared to like Liverpool will be slight outsiders against Man City I can't for the life of me see how Liverpool the way they've been Liverpool are an absolute winning machine and they will face better teams than Real Madrid and win um, I, I couldn't see them yeah but they, let's be finished now <clears throat> fair now in the final there won't be three teams so whether they can beat better teams than Real Madrid or not in a two team final is irrelevant and and the fact is although I've made a case about which and answered Owen's question about which side of clock could choose in this hypothetical dream world where you can choose your final opponents it doesn't mean that Real Madrid are a push up that, that's just that's just that they're miles Real better than them they're miles better than Real Madrid I mean as you say Graham as well like the, the, no, the chances no, they've coughed up against Chelsea no. you, I think you're wrong about that I think that um, for example when they went into the Champions League in Madrid Liverpool ostensibly should have been miles better than Tottenham and it was a stuffy game where nerves took over, tiredness took over. And what's more, the fact, what I'm arguing is different to you in the, and, and I swear that my analysis, at least of Real Madrid, is, is, is spot on. The fact is Real Madrid are ex- an extraordinary bunch of characters with world-class talents who don't particularly like the style that Liverpool play at their best. Mm. Now, looking for a quadruple after a long season and at the moment being on absolute top power form against Villarreal, but not not last weekend, for example, um, and, and projecting forward to a 28th May final in Paris. That's a really different um, perspective. And if you if, if you were trying to sell in this hypothesis to, to, to Klopp and his staff and his players in the two, three days before a Paris final against Roman, don't worry, you're miles better than them. You know, they'd smack you in the face. Yeah, thankfully I'm not the Liverpool manager, but uh, yeah. Just, uh... <laughs> yeah, the, the job coming up in a year or two. <laughs> yeah, there we go. What What is it uh, about these Champions League semi-finals, Graham, that have given us some unbelievable, like historically good games over the last five, six years? Like, and I'm talking about choosing it, obviously, rather than last night. Like, for me, and this yeah. maybe just come from not having watched enough of Ancelotti's Real Madrid, but I, I was a little bit surprised that Pep versus Ancelotti threw up an all-time classic on Tuesday. 
Um, I understand what you mean, except it's literally almost throughout the decades that we've been alive and we've been working in this business. You could throw Madrid in a knockout tie and you'd be almost guaranteed that whether they went through or not, it, it, it would be, be knockabout. Yeah. There would be ultra drama. They, they don't live to, to be a Rolls Royce team. They live to win, come hell or high water, no matter how it happens. Uh, and sometimes when they don't win, it's ultra, you know, spectacular. And what is it about these semifinals? The one thing I'm absolutely sure about is that during my working lifetime, the Champions League has homogenized football in terms of every single player of any worth whatsoever. By the time he, because we're talking about the men's game at the moment, is is 21 or 22 treats flying to um, Berlin or flying to Lisbon for a Champions League match the, the same as they would treat um, being on a bus for 45 minutes to go to a away game in the Premier League in your, in your case in UK and Ireland or here in La Liga travels the same, food's the same you're, you're shepherded around by you know ultra, ultra clever people from your club who cost at you the pitch qualities are all the same everything is filmed, the referee qualities in the Champions League the disparity between one and the other and his interpretation or a good night and a bad night is much smaller than you might find in a domestic league. It's it's as easy now in the Champions League in terms of everything apart from how good your opponent is to play the same away as you play at home. And that's been inculcated into coaches and, and physical preparators and, and players now since you know the early 90s. And as such, what happens is we... We get the complete reversal of what the European Cup was uh, before, and and for my money, it's it's a terrible idea to get rid of away goals. We haven't seen the damage yet. Some might say Atleti, at City, some might say Villarreal last night, but I promise you, it wasn't their tactic to play like that. I think the away goals rule is a terrible idea to get rid of it. But you know, over the the Champions League years, what we've seen is is a re-education of everybody's mind in football that you play away to win. And that gives you your four threes and your three nil, four nils. It's just for my money, um, despite all the hullabaloo about Super Leagues and about Seferin talking about completely rejecting the way that the semi-finals and final are played, where they're played, you know, what time scale. For my money, the Champions League, including the World Cup, has been the greatest football competition ever invented. So why are they talking about getting rid of the two-legged semi-finals? Well, because the, the villagers have got pitchforks and, and torches and, and they're storming the Baron's Castle, I think. Um, UEFA are obviously, they don't feel threatened. Um, they, they do feel aware that the, the Super League caught them completely by surprise. I promise you that. They, they were caught completely by surprise. And that has given them time to go back and lick their wounds and think, well, what do we do in order to, if I use the phrase buy off, it sounds a little pejorative, but in order to give the leading clubs, who are the participants? So they're, uh, what's the modern term, lads? Are they stakeholders? <laughs> should, we fly, should we fly out the flagpole and say, oh yeah, that can actually shit. The bottom line is that they're uh, looking to rejig because they've been forced to. In my opinion, it's it's unnecessary. Minor modifications in, in a tournament, trying with, like, with the champion's path to make sure that clubs of quality from leagues with lower coefficients get a shot at group football because in group football with six matches if you're good enough you should go through yes I'd like to see representation from smaller countries with lower budgets in their clubs and, and lower coefficients that's that's an amendment that the Champions League could be making the idea about 
making, which has been pushed at the moment, a sort of final four, semi-finals played on, you know, one day rather than two legs, played in a host city with it. it it's nicking from North America. There's the long and short. It's happening because big clubs are saying we, we want more control, we want more money, we want less jeopardy. And the way that UEFA think they, they can respond is, is via reject, which was already in their minds for the, I think, 24-25 season. Now this idea, they, they clearly are throwing up to see what the public, see what the media, see what the industry will say about it, this, this final four in one city and, and no semi-finals home and away as we know it. For my taste, it's a it's unnecessary change. Just five years hence, when we're talking six years hence, when we're talking about, it, we may all be totally in love with it. It may feel like, you know, a basketball final or an NFL final. I, I don't know, but it's change that we don't need. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Graham Hunter, great stuff. Thanks a million. See you guys. Cheers, Graham Hunter. There on the line from Spain. This is just a, a bad idea, right? The like, like the, for me, the semi-finals have been. And the quarterfinals, to, to a lesser extent, it's just been the, the best part of the, mm. the domestic, sorry, the club uh, football calendar over yeah. the last few years. It's a complete misnomer as well, like because it's not a Champions League when you have teams who finish fourth and teams who finish third. I mean, and I, 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 I nobody'd probably agree with me with the way it is now, but like in the old days where the European Cup and Champions played against each other, there was a beautiful kind of tradition to that, and the, the winners played the winners of different countries and. The winner from Ireland might end up drawing Liverpool um, back in the day, and now it's obviously much. It's bloated, and as Graham says, the Super League, um, you know, compel them to look at where they're going. But well, if you didn't, if you had just champions only, then you wouldn't have one of Manchester City or Liverpool wouldn't be in the semi-finals of. They wouldn't. They shouldn't be in it because it's not. That's not a Champions League. Champions League is the champions. Like you, you didn't. Fin- you, you're you're not champion of anything by finishing fourth. I know, but it used to be called the European Cup. Yeah, like, but it's not. It shouldn't be called a Champions League, for example. But like, so I if we had a, a better second tier competition than the Europa League or whatever that'll be fine but anyway that's not going to change so that's that's by the by but like footballers already have far too many games and I don't think the powers that be give a crap about that I don't think they give a damn about um, you know the, the, the challenges that footballers have in terms of keeping up their fitness keeping up um, you know their form and all that I don't think they care about that but why would you tinker with this as they say, to the extent of these whole cities nonsense and all that, like um, I despair, and and you know maybe we'll we don't care about people going to games anymore. We want people watching on TV and streaming and so on, and more and more money. But I don't know. I mean, in fairness, the two-legged semi-finals are, are are great entertainment. We were chatting earlier on, if you're just joining us, about Johnny Ward's hatred for social media. He just wants to get rid of Instagram, wants to get rid of Twitter. Hates people with their that, hates people out with their phones, with their phones out at matches. Luke Keeney has been in touch to say, Johnny, some man to talk about taking photos on Instagram, posting about five euro tomatoes and Harold's Cross. It's five twenty five actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I, I'm I'm a complete and utter hypocrite on this. Like I'm a complete <laughs> and utter hypocrite on everything. I was even off Instagram and went back on it, and I'm just as much of a dose as I was beforehand. But phones completely take over your life. If you've been anyway an addictive personality, which I do, your phones will take over your life. And um, but I don't. The one way I'm not hypocritical, and I hope you're the same. If you're a beloved carrier playing, I do not take my phone out to take photos of the opposition player celebrating a goal against me and I never will no, I'm too bitter shoot to, me if I'm I do I'm too bitter to do that maybe maybe they're just more mature people than we are and they're like we can appreciate the, the opponents whereas maybe we're too tribal yeah, well we're tribal but we also want to watch the game and yeah. you know and it's a, not, it's a massive challenge as well for people watching the average fella or girl who watches a sporting event at home now probably spends 
possibly 10% of the 90 minutes on his or her phone. Yeah. That's not good. I mean, that's just, and it's totally, totally addictive. Yeah, no, it is. It is. We all do it. Five euro tomatoes, 525 tomatoes is a disgrace though. So uh, you were right. Uh, It was one of those situations where there's your pride because you you, you don't really take much notice of the per kilogram price that's written down on. So you're like, the tomatoes are weighed and and then it's like 525. And I was like, I, I can't like not pay for this now, can I? Because you know I'm purportedly middle class, so I'm going to say, oh, that's fine. While saying to myself, I'm I'm never going here again. Purportedly middle class, Johnny Ward. I like it's got a ring to it. Uh, up next, we have Tommy Welch on this weekend. Purportedly Charlie. middle class, Tommy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, we'll get a second that.